This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller! Hey! Back from Hawaii and uh, spent a week in Hawaii. Just walked around the entire week driving my kids crazy. Or not my kid, my, my one son and his girl. Um, you know, I used to do... Christian, are you there? I am. I think I saw you uh, in Hawaii, or it was uh, Zulu as Kono from the opening <laughs> credits of Five O. But uh, <laughs> ironically, you see a lot of people in Hawaii in Lululemons who could not get laid unless they got one off the boat because that is uh, getting zoftig out there. This is the Truly the golden age of letting yourself go. <laughs> and, I've been uh, waiting my whole life. <laughs> so all I did, instead of doing the, uh, where I used to drive my son crazy, where anytime he'd ask me anything, I would just look at him and go, oh, white man cone, too. <laughs> I'd, do the, I'd put my ear down on whatever surface was around us and do the Indian, you know, with the iron horse on the rail, go, ah. I don't know, it's come two, three moon. And he used to say, stop that. And I'd go, stop two, three moon from now. You know, one of those where you just spin into the vortex and then you can't even get yourself out, where he'd literally get angry at me. I'd say, fuck, I did that. I can't talk to you. We're going to do this Indian point. <laughs> so I thought, I don't want to bring that pain down on the vacay. So instead, every time we walked into somebody or to somewhere, I'd say, uh, Every time. Hey, what if Bradley Cooper and Gaga walked in right now together? <laughs> <laughs> I did it around 35. Oh, no. <laughs> he say, I'm going home. And I'd say, what if you get on a plane and Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are together? <laughs> so anyway, that's how I spent my, uh, my vacation. And then I decided to shut up because really, I think even if your kid loves you, I think you can drive them to a point where they situationally hate you, right? Yeah. I mean, my kid's not even four yet. And I'm pretty sure by the end of the day yesterday, he couldn't stand me. So, And uh, the, the, uh, the bit's so funny to me that it must be repulsive to him. You know, sometimes <laughs> there's a perverse inner thing where you just think, oh, no, this is funny. And if you say it the 31st time, it'll be even funnier. But you can look at them and they're literally like pissed. You know, he's a dad and he walks away. Doesn't, uh, doesn't. And then you break your fever breaks and you think, yeah, that is <laughs> fucked up. What am I doing? Doesn't your wife hate the Tony Orlando story? Oh, my God. <laughs> really? My wife has somehow installed a shoulder epaulet that connects to a zip line. And wherever we're at, she's able to cramp, you know, piton or what, what's it called? Uh, those clips that they put in the mountainsides. Uh, she's able to clip onto the zip line and be out of there in a second. When I start to, <laughs> I've got a Tony Orlando out here. <laughs> or above the treetops in the Amazon. I don't know how the physics of it work, but I do know we got it on QVC along with a, uh, what was it? Uh, some figurines depicting Lafayette and George Washington having kibble together. Um, did you ever see the uh, QVC thing where it's the knife show and the guy goes to show the tensile strength of the knife to the other guy and it 
the sword in it. I can't say sword because I'm from Pittsburgh. The sword. The sword, yeah. Uh, the sword breaks and sticks him in the chest. I have seen that, yes. Oh, my God. Does it get any funnier? Does it get any funnier than inadvertent commercial-driven seppuku between two guys who think seppuku is the old bay they put on the the crab at their summer cottage? Seppuku. <laughs> what is seppuku? Um, hey, wait a second. You're not going to believe this, but Bradley Cooper and Gaga just walked <laughs> into the studio and asked me to stop. By the way, uh, I went to CVS over in Waikiki, and uh, it's so funny to me because they don't give you a bag anymore. Uh, the woman asked me if I wanted to buy a cloth bag with, uh, I don't know, who's the little girl that The Rock plays, Manoa or whatever? Oh, Moana. Moana? Yeah. Um, they want, you know, do you want to buy a cloth bag for 99 cents to take this thing out, whatever you're buying, a Hershey bar? <laughs> and uh, you say no. And, you know, they talk about, the, well, you know, doesn't use paper. And that's why you should get the cloth bag instead of the paper bag. Then they, they give me the paper receipt that literally you could wrap <laughs> Cleopatra up in and present her to Caesar. It's like six feet long. I'm not kidding you. Have you seen? Of course you've seen. I'm acting like I stumbled on something that people don't know. No, but, I, I usually have my people go to CVS for me. So uh, I have not seen Christ, it's like uh, it's like Fatty Arbuckle was died, and this is the amount of police tape they put around the body. That's how long the receipt is. And and she just talked to me and asked me if I wanted to fork over ninety nine cents for a cloth bag with uh, Samoa on her to uh, to save the planet. Uh, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, I didn't pay it because I was afraid what size receipt I'd get for a ninety nine percent cloth bag. <laughs> And uh, it all began this a mirror in a mirror in a mirror in a mirror <laughs> in a mirror in a mirror in Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we should talk about Hawaii. I'm going to have to try to go back, and I was actually going to make notes, and I thought, have you become that much of a fucking loser, Dennis? But you're going to start keeping little notes on your days to talk about on the pod, yes. And I couldn't bring myself to do it because then I was afraid that I'd be in some mixed scotch doubles bowling league with my wife two days after that. And I just couldn't do it. <laughs> so uh, I will go back in my head and ask what bothered me. Is this a patrician note, Christian? Let me ask you this. And Lindsay, you can chime in if you want. But girls go second. Uh, Those are the rules. It's the last bastion of Rat Pack. <laughs> Shirley, shut up. <laughs> Sammy, you first. <laughs> but um, I might be the last guy on the planet who still pays for a first-class ticket, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly don't. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of cra – you always assume that, uh, you know, first-class is people who have accumulated enough miles or know how to play that thing. Because oftentimes they're bringing people up at the end. I have no problem with that. It's not like I'm fucking Caesar sitting in the private box here. I'm not trying to be a pig. But I pay because um, I, I like the extra room. And, and is this bad of me? I find sometimes, Christian, you know how you've traveled with me. You know, I sure I, have. We, <laughs> you know I'm a, a perfect storm combination of having a weak bladder and a cranky disposition. Correct. 
<laughs> I probably have to go to the bathroom three or four times on a five-hour trip <laughs> because I'm trying to hydrate. And I don't mean deuce. I'm not going. No, I'm not laying that on you. I don't want to get into that on the podcast. <laughs> That's the higher end. Yeah, we have a premium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the premium login, as it were, four ninety. <laughs> For the poop. If you want to hear about the logout, you got to hit the logout. Yeah. That's not free. This is this is the taste that's free, kids. <laughs> Just set lower. Doing a light mend up. Got him. Got him, bud. Get the net. <laughs> so anyway, I, I've got to go a lot. So I um. I find the bathrooms on a five-hour flight get so beat up, don't they? Oh, yes. Yes, they do. But if you're in a first-class seat and there's only like, let's see, two across, maybe four rows, it was eight people, over the five-hour period, it'll stay in reasonably um, a good condition, let's say. It's not perfect. You're not going to you know, go in and, um, well, I don't want to say eat off the floor, but... You know, it's in somewhat good condition. And they, they always make a brief cursory announcement at the beginning of the flight that the first class bathroom is for the first class passengers. And then they put up some completely diaphanous curtain. It looks like the gauze they shot Linda Evans and Joe Collins through in the eighth season of Dynasty. <laughs> but it's barely tethered. It just hangs there like a negligee or something. And... Is it wrong when you're in first class and you've paid extra for a ticket and there are people lined in the aisle from coach to use the front first class bathroom? I Like standing off your shoulder. This is a real question I'm asking. I'm not asking it like I know the answer because I then sit there and I'm in some inner battle where I think, what the fuck did you turn into, uh, you know, one of the Plantagenets or something? Uh, but it... it, it should you you can tell me, Christian, I trust your instincts. Is it wrong of me to have an owl for the first class bathroom of all people from coach who just don't want to adhere to the rules? People standing in your owl. Well, I would say that present day, no, you're within your rights. They didn't used to tell you not to use the first class bathroom. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I would, of course, go in there, even if it were growler season, mm -hmm. I would certainly sit down and, uh, but uh, you, know, you know who uh, Bob Goulet did the best version of Growler season? <laughs> I know a lot of people go back to Derbingle, cut one, or I should say sang one back in the uh, 70s. But I liked uh, Bob Goulet on his Camelot album. He had to fill out the B-side, and he has a beautiful, touching version of uh, Growler season. <laughs> <laughs> to extrude! <laughs> to cry! When there's nothing but olfactory offenses. <laughs> this is my deuce. <laughs> I think the show's over. No, no, we're just getting started. Are you kidding? Oh. Just think about what season three is going to be like. I can't wait. Oh, you know what happens in season three. We introduce an adorable little kid. You, you and I go down to the office and adopt him. It'll be great. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> of course. Do a walk-on in the season premiere. <laughs> so anyway, it was a real quandary for me. I, I never say anything, you know, so I guess I, I just abide by what it is. But it just seems odd to me that the... I didn't the, the the that you can have a guilt racked session about adherence to stated rules now. 
that's how sort of uh what what would the word be like the, there is no you it is declasse in a way now to pay for an amplified experience right that you're thought to be a bad guy and if you are foolish enough to think that that's going to get you something then that's your uh that's your problem you're you're you know it's, get in the cell with Marie Antoinette What's her name? <laughs> Maria Kondo. Marie Kondo. <laughs> Until they come in with the blade and organize the whole apartment. Uh, I think that for a lot of us, we kind of understand, you know, it's like, well, they paid more. I guess they get their own bathroom. And we can be like, well, where's our bathroom? Well, we have the three terrible bathrooms and the rest of the plane. We'll be all right. Even as we talk about it, I feel embarrassed with the we thing. I, I don't even want to make it a us and them thing. I, I just want to make it a... Okay, here's an extra two grand so I don't have to go in and do a fucking Sonya Henny film ice skating on the whiz on the floor in the bathroom. <laughs> Is that that's bad now though. I guess I'm gonna have to yeah. drum myself out of that and just think, Billy, that is such a patrician, uh, patrician what's wrong with me? Oh, I know what's wrong with me today. I took uh believe it or not, somebody told me that if you take an antihistamine uh before bedtime that it'll help you sleep through the night. And now that I'm uh, up and about for uh, bladder reasons twice a night, I was thinking, well, I've got to try something. Or I guess I'll have to go get that pill. I forget what it's called, uh, Amgen or something, or Tesla. There's a pill you can take now. And by the way, they're out of pill names, aren't they? Oh, yeah, for sure. Jesus. It's like uh, it, it, it's like the Tatooine real estate broker in the cantina. Uh, they're using his name now. Uh, you know, <laughs> Literally, they're... Drugs out there. If you choose to use Boba Fett's you know. <laughs> oh. that's why I'm noticing a heavy crossover. And I think the Lucasfilms might have litigation here that they're starting to use names of characters in six on Star Wars films as drugs that save your life. And I think there's some sort of copyright infringement there. But uh, I might have to go get that drug, which I, you know, as I said, I think it's. If you're taking Henry Mancini Otta, <laughs> what is it called? Henry Mancini Otta? Isn't that like the composer? No? No. No, no. That's M-A-N-C-I-N-I. This is M-A-N-C-I-N-E-Y. Henry Mancini Otta. <laughs> it's for toenail fungus or something. <laughs> but um, I might have to go get that drug, I guess. But, but I took an antihistamine on this tip from somebody that helps you sleep through. Yeah. And can I tell you, it's the it's the worst approach to sleep enhancement in that it makes you wired. You feel like, uh, you know, a, a junkie in a Kojak episode trying to kick it on nothing but OJ and Zagnut bars in an upper <laughs> way up east side uh, apartment uh, with Cracker watching you. Um, literally, my skin was itching a little, it felt like. Oh. And then when you do fall asleep, finally, in other words, on the front end, it fucks you over antihistamine or it fucked me over. I guess, you know, your body reacts to different things, different ways. And then the next morning, cut to 1020 in the morning, I wake up. I feel like I've been hit with a mallet by Ignatz or something <laughs> or a crazy cat. And uh, the uh, wow, these references are old. My kids always say you got to update the references. And as I'm doing a crazy cat Ignatz reference on a podcast, I'm thinking. It might be time to move this well, into the uh, current age. Okay, well then what's the modern day crazy cat? 
is, you know, uh, is it Heathcliff? Bradley Cooper and Lady <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you still call her Lady Gaga because to me, she's just Gaga. Mm. She's a lady in waiting. Mm. She'll be queen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Um, what's the over under on the Harry Meghan? Uh, would that hurt Harry if she said, um, "Yeah, this is all fine and good, having my own room and a water slide inside Buckingham Palace, but they've offered me my part back on millions. I have to leave you." <laughs> Well, that would be humbling. I, I get a feeling that's not going to work for some reason. I don't know why. The other day I saw footage of them standing on the balcony together, Harry and Meghan Markle. And I guess it was some presentation of the colors or something. Something that, you know, listen, the, the, to me, they have a hard job in a way. But I'm just saying, imagine the mundanity of it. But there is protocols where I guess things go past and they have to look and she was turning over her shoulder talking to him and you could see a lip reader slowed it down it was on daily uh what is it called the daily mail C daily mail oh and he i said, get all my news there turn around and uh, <laughs> she, tur she turned around but she also had a look like for a second like you know you could see all that shit about listen this is 2019 honey yeah. i can say and you could see that her modern wokeness was busting up against ancient protocols, you know, about face forward. And for a second there, I actually, I, I saw just a look in her eye, a flare of the irises where she was singing, I am woman, hear me roar. And she missed the point of the whole thing, that this is what she signed on for. And the signed on for thing is to look ahead. And then if you do turn around to, uh, you know, talk about how, you know, you can't believe how expensive the Olsen twins clothing line is no? <laughs> well, uh, that he's going to say turn around and she had a second there where i, I thought i registered her and say no man tells me you know instead yeah. of just going yeah he's right what am i doing i'm on a balcony with the queen of england i was on millions last year i think she was on suits <laughs> you're giving her too much credit oh what is it aren't they the same <laughs> so uh, there's a show called billions on showtime which uh, i hear is good but i i, don't, I can't pay yeah, the then i'm doing a dr evil thing yeah professor evil. <laughs> exactly millions <laughs> but uh, did suits... you see did you see tens of thousands last night <laughs> <laughs> suits is on the usa network so that'll tell you uh, that so that's probably... where she was up yeah she was on, on suits. suits yeah and you know i mean i think that maybe they'll offer her you know kind of like a you know before the title credit so uh, maybe she'll take that but she won't allow them to use princess. No, no, no. Because I think she's a duchess anyway. I just like some vibe off her. I just I, I don't quite know what it is, but I do remember in that millisecond looking at her eyes and thinking, I bet you this marriage doesn't work. No, maybe it will. And I certainly, uh, I don't even know if I hope it does. I don't even know if I have a stake in it. But it just, it, it seemed like odd trappings for a young, woke woman, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, are you going to try and change the royal family yeah, yeah, from the inside? Uh, that's not it. The, the, that's yeah. the only thing that holds it in its stasis right now is that it's unchangeable. It's summer, and the only thing more annoying than, I don't know, Jim Comey pretending he's a big man because of stature instead of just height is that flies and other insects are invading your home. And who knows where those flies were last? <laughs> the fly that just landed on your burger could have been anywhere from another piece of food to, uh, well, let's just say another piece of food. So we'd like to thank our sponsors over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect 
traps. Skeeters hate them. <laughs> and now they've come up with a solution for indoor pests, the Dynatrap Fly Light. The Dynatrap Fly Light works day and night to attract and trap flies, fruit flies, skeeters, <laughs> and other pesky insects. And I've got to say, it really works. Forget those disgusting fly strips. The Dynatrap Fly Light looks like a subtle nightlight that plugs into any indoor outlet. Dare I say, in the proper set of circumstances, one could use it as a precursor to amour. <laughs> Trust me, I've been using the Dynatrap Fly Light for a couple days now, and it's insane the number of insects it has caught that would otherwise be buzzing around my home. In the entomological community, I am thought of as Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's Dynatrap, D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, and receive 15% off any of their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. A few minutes from right now, Bradley Cooper and Gaga will be here. <laughs> do we have a guest today? We do. Yes. What's it about? Lindsay will tell you. We've got Jason Stapleton today. He's part of our Westwood One Network, and he's got the Wealth, Power, and Influence podcast. He's coming on today. When does that start? In seven minutes. All right. So what? Uh, oh, Hawaii. All right. So that's the bathroom on the way over. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even there yet. No. Oh, no. I love this. Um, <laughs> at, at any point, at, at this point, has uh, has Carolyn gotten out her phone to uh, you know just look up maybe maybe changing the trip and uh, flying back once she landed in the airport? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't know any of this. This is oh. all an inner battle. Oh, but if she great. does look over, I'm twitching like you know, <laughs> <laughs> Pelosi on some sort of accelerant. Oh. Next thing I know, I'm over Diamond Head, and I'm reminded that was the Secret Service name for Bill Clinton when he gave a speech in Hawaii. And um, landing in Waikiki. And now I do a gig the next night in the beautiful Hawaii Theater, and it's a benefit gig for some organization that keeps the Hawaii Theater open. And I'm struck by the irony as I go on the stage, knowing what they're paying me, that I literally could be there to do a benefit for the old theater and be the check that crashes it. <gasps> I don't. I actually don't want to laugh right now, but I can't stop myself. I remember thinking, would that not be ironic if that, the performance yeah. to stretch this theater's life out, yeah. shelf life? Well, we could have. We could have. Well, stayed we open. had it up till this moment, yeah. but uh, we bought uh, the anti-Bruno Mars over <laughs> from the mainland, and he opened up antechambers of seats we didn't even know existed. So. Uh, well, I will tell you that uh, two longtime fans of the old radio show went to that show, and they did not ask me for comps. They paid uh, Humble Painter and this guy Tony Wood, who lives in Hawaii. I believe you met them. Uh, I gave Humble Painter. I had him. I got him tickets. Oh, you got him tickets? Yeah, he might have uh. not uh, asked you, but he sent me something uh. saying he was coming, and naturally, I well. <laughs> arranged tickets, Oops. and they. Uh, We'll put it this way. You know, as part of my stagecraft uh, and in an homage to Andrew Lloyd Webber, I dropped the chandelier on the crowd Yeah, <laughs> halfway through a setup in probably the 35th minute of my eye. And uh, I don't want to say it was sparse, but nobody was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nope, fell between a couple <laughs> factions. <laughs> anyway, so I do the show, and then the load's off. And you're always dancing for your dinner. But now I have a week in Hawaii, and I don't have any shows. And I'm with my son and his girl and my lovely wife, and I'm thinking, okay, now I can uh, relax. And naturally, the, you spend the next day working hard at relaxing, and that seems like harder work than relaxing. But then I actually chilled a little. And what did I do? I went to Pearl Harbor. And I was reminded how fucked up the times we live in are. I mean, Pearl Harbor, I don't, have you ever been? I haven't, actually. I've only uh, been to Hawaii once. Amazingly affecting. And part of it is, obviously, the ultimate thing is, uh, and I, I don't mean ultimate in any other way, It's except it's a place to say a prayer for these men. You get to the Arizona Memorial, which is that white thing with the windows on the side, and it's sort of... Uh, you know, a beautiful statement by the man who built it uh, that things were on the high end in the beginning and then Pearl Harbor happens and it slopes down and then it rebuilds and uh, it gets high at the end again. And uh, yeah, I, th I think as uh, architectural symbolism goes, I found that quite lovely. But the little thing that the, the jetty or whatever that you pull up to on the boat has been broken for over a year now. And so you can't visit anymore and walk down to that chapel at the end and say a prayer. You have to drive by. I said to the guy, how long has this been? He's uh, around a year. And I go, it's a metal jetty. It's one, it's one of those things that you, if you went on a gambling boat, they would have it, you know, in the Lake of the Ozarks, they'd have it fixed in like eight seconds. But he said, it's fallen into jurisdictional stuff. And so it's been over a year that you, as civilians, or let's say surviving family members even, more poignantly cannot go on and say a prayer is that not does that not show you how we've gone from the greatest generation to the greatingest generation i got very sad about that I, I just remember thinking that these what these men fought for and i tried to sell myself and i i guess they fought for our right to be complete and utter fuck-ups but that's not it that's just you trying to palm yourself off with some sort of uh you know existential argument in your head but to me, it's uh, it's abhorrent, uh, and I hear that word pronounced P. Is it B or P? I, I know it's spelled B, but I abhorrent. I've always heard ab abhorrent. abhorrent. Yeah, uh, it's abhorrent. I mean, really, it's uh, you just shake your head. You know, I think Hawaii is thought to be, in addition to the most beautiful state, the, the most liberal state, right? And it just reminded me of a book that uh, Richard Reeves wrote years ago, and it was not a huge. Richard Reeves fan ideologically, but he had sort of a Breslin, Pete Hamill canter to his prose. And he wrote a book called Convention about the New York City Convention and all the backdoor stuff. And there was a chapter called the $1,400 light bulb or something like that. And he traced back to the light bulb need changed at the convention site, Madison Square Garden, with all the union stuff and all that, how it ended up costing $1,400. This back in you know, 50 years ago. So God knows what it is today. And it just made it reminded me of that, of how uh, we've gotten so soft. And do you think that would be priority one, that that thing would be fixed the next day? And uh, not, so I didn't get to go, oh, I don't even want to make it about me. I, it was an insult to their memory, I thought. So um, that was the first day. But you go on the shore and look out at it, and you can be alone with your thoughts for a while, and you just can't believe these young boys are 
you know, can you imagine that millisecond? Has has life ever pivoted more from your assignment? Can you imagine getting that assignment as a young man? Well, where am I? You're in Hawaii. <laughs> Honolulu, Hawaii. And, you know, it's so beautiful and idyllic. And you're near Waikiki, and I know Waikiki is not... Uh, as developed as it is today, but I'm sure you could go meet beautiful women and have a nice drink and, you know, for a soldier can you, or a sailor, can you imagine? No, it's not, it's not, you know, laying down in the mud in yeah. Warsaw for, you know, eight months. Yeah. And then it's at 7.55 on a Sunday morning, all of a sudden it becomes literally hell on earth, inferno and all. And, uh, you know, so it breaks your heart for these uh, kids even close to 70 years on now. Uh, and I just thought, geez, at the very least, can you not fix the dock? <laughs> Christian, if you saw the dock, your mind would be blown. You could probably look it up. It, I'm not talking about a huge dock where they have to sink things a la the uh, you know, Brooklyn Bridge or anything. I'm talking about sort of a metal dock that has a wheelchair ramp up and then it, you know, uh, switch back, wheelchair up, and then you're on the dock proper. Unbelievable. Anywho. Well, uh, let me uh, interject that uh, I have to disappoint you that uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper are not going to join us today. But <laughs> our guest, uh, Jason Stapleton, is now here in the studio. Stapes! <laughs> How are you, man? You, I'm, the, I'm your concession dream, prize, apparently. <laughs> Lady Gaga this... was, uh, was indisposed. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, you're a fighting man here. I'm just looking at your... Uh... Jarhead reconnaissance. God bless you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so you got balls the size of Macy balloons. I was just saying, I was over in Hawaii this week, and there's a little metal dock at the Arizona, and I've been there before. I've been in the Arizona Memorial, but when I went this time, and the dock's been closed for a year. They can't get it fixed. Uh, and I just thought, boy, you talk about buttressing up the greatest generation against the gratingest generation, the can-do spirit of those kids versus a year later, they can't fix this metal dock so you can go fucking say a prayer honoring these guys. It absolutely blew my mind. And I remember thinking, what a perverse way to dishonor these, uh, these young people who died. Anyway, that's my beef. So you walked in on it. And I see you're, you have service history, so thank you. And uh, sorry that sometimes the culture around you must let you down. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, I know you're in the, in the middle of uh, all of it when you're over in Afghanistan, stuff like that. But you also must, there must be some sense of order that you find calming in an odd way as compared to the regular world, is there? Well, without a doubt, yeah. I know I... Uh just on the piggyback of that, yeah, I think that, you know, they can't fix a dock. They, you know, these guys are all broken when they come back. I was really, I was lucky because I didn't, I didn't have any of the, you know, proclivities and, and problems that plagued a lot of guys when they came back. I didn't come back mentally or physically broken. Um, many of my friends did. A lot of guys I know did. And, uh, you know, we're just watching the way that they're cared for and, and the concern that the government gives them when they get back is, is really, is sadder in my mind than the fact they can't fix a dock. But, uh, but no, there is something about being there in the military and just knowing that everything is provided for and they say you do. And it, it's a simple way to live. And then you get out in the real world and, and you got to try and make your own way. And that, that's, uh, that's really stressful. <laughs> you know, I, I work with a lot of, I, I talk to a lot of guys who are in transition. And that's one of the hardest things is just, hey, yeah. I, there's, there's no support mechanism anymore. 
Um, I want to talk about wealth, power, and influence with Jason Stapleton in a second, but I just want to seize on something you just said that I find fascinating. I don't want to get too touchy-feely here. I don't want to get too, you lay on the couch and I'll take the notebook, but when you say you came back undamaged, do you have a theory on, you know, it's like uh, you watch the Andromeda strain and they go, oh, the crying baby (laughs) and the old drunk, they're both safe from this. What is the... Do you see anything in yourself that might have held you in better stead than you know, some poor souls? That's a, that's a really good question. It's something that I've talked with uh, more than one person about. I, I think that um, there's a there's a book, Dave Grossman wrote a book many, many years ago called On Killing. And it talks basically about soldiers and, that go through war and why some men are, deal with it better than others. And, and I, I don't know why I, I dealt with it better. I just send, tended to I I have no idea what it is. I could say that, you know, there's certain people have, you know, sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies. I don't think I have any of that. I just think I handled it a lot better than a lot of guys did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been shot out. I've been blown up. I've been, a, lot of, a lot of stuff has happened while I was over there. And other than some mild PTSD when I got back driving around town, I, I really didn't have much of that. And it's, hmm. uh, it's, it was a blessing because it, it could have gone really, really badly. And, uh, and I, I don't think anybody really knows how they're going to react till they get there. Because I know a lot of guys who I thought, you know, would be really great guys and would be able to handle it well. And to find out years later that they really struggled with it was, hmm. uh, was a surprise to me. So I don't know. Heartbreak. Folks, I, I heard today the 22 young servicemen are committing suicide now per day. I, uh, I, any way you can help that, I'm not going to do the dot-com thing. Any way you can help that, if it's as simple as knowing a cat who was there and uh, buying him a beer or hanging out, or any way you can help it, just think for yourself, for God's sakes. Everybody always has to be led to how you help. Help them in some way, because there's a whole unspoken thing out there. Maybe the conversation needs to broaden out from them. You know, they always say, thank God I found other people I could talk about. At least can we vibe them that anybody can be talked to about it? Uh, And maybe that's the first step we can take. All right. We're talking to Jason Stapleton, and he's on Westwood One. Wealth, Power, and Influence with Jason Stapleton. I see he runs the Dark Horse Society, uh, the <laughs> ultimate mastermind group. I also yeah. think uh, I, I sense some libertarian leanings here as I read the notes. I just read a fascinating book by Ben Mesrick called Bitcoin Billionaires about uh, the whole cryptocurrency society out there and how m- many of the early guys, a guy named Roger Ver and a guy named Charles Schmier, we're sort of libertarians who just don't like the idea of shooting everything through the Rube Goldbergian contraption that is the government money-wise. I'm wondering, do you have any of uh, that in you? What is your financial approach? How would you what would you call it? Oh yeah, without a doubt, I'm I, uh, I I'm terribly probably more objectivist than libertarian if you want to get specific about it. But yeah, libertarian in my idea is that we shouldn't hurt people, we shouldn't take their stuff, and that. Um, regardless of what, I, I just tend to believe that we all kind of want the same things. You know, everybody wants clean air. Everybody wants good schools. We want our kids to, you know, get good medical treatment. And when people are, want to, we want people to be able to make enough money to provide for themselves and their families. Um, there's any rational person would want those things. The, the where we kind of deviate is how we go about trying to achieve that. And I just happen to believe that government in cooperation in many cases with uh, with crony capitalists mm-hmm. end up doing more harm than good that, that that by 
by running all of that through a central authority, all you're really doing is taking away your own freedom and turning it over financially or decision-making to somebody else who doesn't have your best interest at heart. And so I always look for a free, free market solution or, or a solution that empowers you. And that my, my show, Wealth, Power, and Influence, is, is really about, I think that if you're a moral and ethical person, that you should want more of those things. I think we need more people who are trying to do the right thing and trying to provide value to others that they need to know how to be more influential, how to get more wealth and more power, because otherwise it's just the terrible people who have it. So we take a look at the world, current events, and, and what's happening around us and say, all right, who's influencing you and why? And what's the purpose behind it? And, and how, do you, you know, how do you do it for yourself so that you can be essentially one of the good guys out there trying to, uh, trying to make a difference? Yeah, the uh, Winklevoss twins were uh, highlighted in the book, and I'm not—I'm not kidding you. I had always had this take on them from that movie, but they're pretty good cats. They're pretty smart cats, and like Ben Mesrick said in the book, how many times are guys at the vanguard of something twice in the era that they live? I think they're the biggest owners, individual yeah. owners of Bitcoin at this point, and they seem to do the right thing, and they seem to play by the rules much more than some of the anarchists did on that site. But uh, when you say objectivist, that is music to my ears as I sit here and I'm not getting you in my Danconia copper t-shirt. Uh-huh. I uh, certainly, uh, my wife said to me, what is Danconia copper? And I said, <laughs> well, uh, he's the final shrug. It's the tumbler click that uh, yeah. puts all the, the, uh, I, I like the to destroyers. think of myself more of a Ragnard. Um, <laughs> but that, that's just, that's just Rag. the way I want to think of it. There's myself. the world we yeah. live in. They, they'd hire fucking one of the Hemsworths to be Ragnar. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the right. world we live in right there. Uh, we're talking to Jason Stapleton and uh, the Westwood One podcast is Wealth, Power, Influence with Jason Stapleton. Let's talk about the mix of the pod. And uh, whenever I say pod, I think, what are you trying to act cool by saying pod instead <laughs> of podcast? Very, very... It's like all of a sudden Akira Kurosawa won't call it raw, and he's calling it raw just to be hip. But uh, the podcast, tell me about the mix. Politics involved? Or is it fiscal? Is it Tony Robbins? What's, what's your, what's your yeah, mixture? I, I, like to have it, I like to have a little mix of everything. So my, my goal is to, I have a general belief that the, the best thing that you can do for yourself, your family, your future is control the source of your income. So um, I think one of the best ways to do that, and, and you're probably a really great example of this. I was thinking about it when I was going to come on the show. Uh, you know, you've been able to build a personal brand that has, I mean, I was just watching my, my I told my buddy that I was uh, going to be coming on the show to talk with you. And he said, when Norm MacDonald was on his show in whatever was 1989, that was like the greatest television I'd ever seen. And, uh, and it's just, you look at your career from, you know, from start to, to where you are now and, you know, your brand has, has carried you forward into so many different areas, comedy, politics, you know, podcasting now, um, television, you're, it's, it's versatile. It's, it's a brand everybody wants to have because you can literally do anything you want with it. And so when I talk about people controlling their, the source of their income, that's really what I mean is having something that's mobile and transferable and having enough power in their own lives that they, they're not beholden to anybody. And, uh, and so we talk a little bit about politics because it's important to understand what politicians are doing, especially as we move into 2020 and the election that's going to happen. We're going to be breaking down what people are saying and what that really means. And, and, uh, but I also spent a lot of time, like today, we were talking about Facebook and their cryptocurrency. And, you know, they're, they're building something very different that isn't 
that isn't what most people think about when it comes to a cryptocurrency. They're basically building another fiat currency that they can control instead of a government controlling it. And so I kind of break that down and show them why it's that's probably not the best idea. That while cryptocurrency and Bitcoin technology has the potential to radically transform the world, what they're building is really a corrupt version of that and, uh, and try and raise awareness for that kind of stuff so people can make better decisions. Yeah. If they build that, folks, eventually guys like Bezos and Zuckerberg get involved in that. You're going to have to go in like Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas and ask Alexa for some money. That's and exactly right. And it'll say right. how much. And you'll have to put your thumb and forefinger apart to ask them for uh, money. It's uh, <laughs> Listen, anytime anybody wants to control your freedom of expression in some odd way or to in anytime anybody comes in and says, I want to enhance your freedom, you go, well, by the very nature of that statement you're telling me you're not interested leave me to my freedom okay exactly. i'll take care of my own freedom exactly we're talking to the jason stapleton at the jason stapleton his website jason stapleton.com speaking of uh, by the way I'm, I'm seeing norm next month i'm doing a show with norm and david spade in oklahoma so uh i, I just okay, do you have do you actually have to go and track him down because i heard he doesn't have a car <laughs> And he doesn't yeah. answer his yeah, phone. Yeah, he, he, and he literally, like... He doesn't drive. So, yeah. yeah. And so so he, a car would be useless to him. And so, so yeah. he, he would... You, I guess he just shows up. Somebody takes him to the club when he wants to make 30 grand. And, and that's just... <laughs> that's the way it works. That's I don't... I, he eats cereal. I don't know. I, how how do you get in touch with a guy like that? Norm, well, Norm makes... Uh, 30 grand. Yeah. Norm, <laughs> Norm makes J.D. Salinger <laughs> look, look like uh, Clifton Webb. <laughs> <laughs> the racer's edge because <laughs> he uh he is uh, yeah you have to when i want to meet norm i call aldrich ames and we meet at the bridge and then we start from there by the way dennis because coffee is for closers uh that date is august 30th at the windstar world casino in thackerville oklahoma and i'm telling you folks I, I it's odd that spade uh well i'm happy for david but he's got a show that'll preclude him doing these or certainly he'll be hot enough off that to be solo but if you have a chance uh, i don't usually uh talk up my own shows but spade and norm and i will be a funny show because i know those guys forever and we each kind of uh you got gabs i got gabs we fill gabs these my tortoises cuff and lick that all that but uh the, there'll be an interesting show that night but we're talking to jason stapleton jason it, would that be the core tenant of your uh when you were talking earlier about uh building your brand if you had one piece of advice that you can share with your listeners. Can you dig down a little deeper on building your brand? What would you say? I, I know Ramsey says, pay this off. You know, every, you know Ramsey, they, like he gets to it. What's what's the core tenant? What would you tell them? Yeah, the, the core tenant is that you need you need to control your income. That that's bottom line. What it is, and the best way you can do that is is to is to is to have a brand that that you can use in a lot of different ways. So. Um, what I work with people on largely is about influence and communication. So um, how, what, what do I want is first and foremost, which most people can't even answer that. It's like, okay, what do you want? What do you want to do? What, what can you envision? Don't do, let's do it with me. Okay. I want to be a billionaire. I want to wake up. 
I want to have a G5 at the fucking airstrip. And if I read an article in Condé Nast about Mozambique, I want to be on a plane to have dinner there tonight. That's what I want. All right. How well, do I improve my brand to get that? <laughs> right. Well, the bigger question is, is what do you have to do to get that? Because life is really about you can have anything you want. You just got to know what it costs and be willing to pay the price. So what does it cost to get a G5 jet and to do those things? I, I would ask some more specific questions from you about, like, what do you want your life to look like? Like, when do you want to wake up? I want my life to look life like doing? the inside of a like G5. A G5 <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, you know, Me too. I, I, would, I would say the very first thing that you do is, uh, you know, double your ticket prices and uh, and, and do more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do, and do I do want my shows. male and female yeah. stewardesses to be Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. You, you've yeah. got to get a little systematic about well, this. Most, you've got to sit most, down. Most and, people, most people are not Dennis Miller. So in in your case, what we what I would do if you came to me and said, "Hey, I got some specific goals," we we would say, "Okay, we we want to increase you know increase revenue, increase cash flow, or whatever it is. How how are we going to do that? And how are we going to how are we going to tailor the brand? Or like you've done this many times in your career, right? You've gone from um, from doing stand up to television. Yeah, because in, I was never a pussy when I got a show shot out from under me. Right, that well, happens. That, no, that yeah. that'd be a good first goal don't be a wuss when you get cuffed by life because it happens yep and and just be thankful you didn't get cuffed where saint jude's calls you in and your kid's sick you know what i mean everybody well, gets their ass kicked by and life. that's a really good point because i talked about this either today or yesterday i can't remember when but it, we talked about this most people see success after it, it finishes so they look at a guy like you and they say dude that guy's had what, a 40-year, I don't know, a 30, 40-year career, right, that you've been doing this. Seems like, yeah, and, uh, and And he's, a, he's, a, he's huge. He's still huge, right? Well, they didn't see all the times that shit got kanked on you and that, you, you know. Yeah, it, you get whacked for Monday yeah. Night Football, Christ. Right. You know, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad diagnosis, but I'm saying you have to get beyond embarrassment. That, that, that Teddy Roosevelt yep. thing about in the arena is very adherent, folks. I, th- I encourage everybody to read that. At some point, you've got to get into the arena and risk it. And if you get whacked in anything that's non-health wise or non-health or your family wise, it's it's fucking pyrrhic pain. It, it, it's it's nerf pain. Yep. Get on with it. You're not an Antietam. You get whacked from something. Try it. And if you get whacked, you keep moving. It's not about seeing the far shore of the lily pond. Where's the next fucking pad so I can stay dry? That's it. There you go. No, I, I, and although you don't like to shamelessly push your stuff, I will mine. And if you go and listen to the episode I just recorded today, um, that's what you're going to hear because we spent the first half of the episode of me basically telling people exactly what you said. You said it better, clearly, but because it's your show. Yeah, come on. But, uh, no. Wealth, power, and influence with Jason Stapleton. My man goes into the Marines out of high school, comes back. He's got his thing together now. Sounds like a good cat. And uh, he is, uh, you can follow him on Instagram at the Jason Stapleton. What are you fucking putting pictures of of the hex signs from the Amish country? I can't believe <laughs> What are your pictures about? They're just... The Facebook, yeah, look, if you, you want to. You beating the see, shit out of inflation, uh, yeah. literally, with some <laughs> nom death elbow? What are you, what yeah, are you, what is your pictures of? It's, it's normal. It's normally me just, it's just wandering around Los Angeles taking pictures of myself. That's really well, what it is. So you're yeah. here illegally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the website is Jason Stapleton. 
Com. All right, brother, you good? You got anything you want to say before no, we no, split? I, I, thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast. Hey, I'll come on your show anytime you want. And if you don't want, you can just tell Christian now. No, no, you want, I'll no, come I, on. I, I actually, we're working that out. So I want you to come on. I got, I got lots of stuff I want well, to talk what, to you about. Tell me what working it out means, because I always think that it sh- this should be... Uh, well, it should be. So here's the thing. Christian, here's give him my email when we get off the thing, okay? okay. Just send me an email. Okay, I will. We'll talk Because we'll it's working offline. it out. I always feel like, Christ, what, uh, how did I get into the working it out thing? <laughs> you do for forget that you have people, Dennis, that yeah. Lindsay and I are both your people. Yeah, don't we mean something yeah. to you? Yeah, well, listen, I love you too, but you know that <laughs> you're, you know your career is not scintillating when your people are anonymous to you. <laughs> it's us. When, when literally you go, why, well, who are your people? You go, I don't know. That's why I call them my people. But I, there's some guy somewhere it's in a Keebler tree. With yeah. a, <laughs> all right. Uh, the Stapes, good to talk to you, baby. Thank you, sir. Talk Semper Fi. Are, are, are non are non pros allowed to say yeah, separate five before yeah, he splits? Yes, yes, yes. You can. No, say no. I don't. He, I don't want the new rules. He legitimately worries about that. No, yeah. no, no. None of that stuff. It, like, well, listen, guys weird. in the NHL aren't to touch the Stanley Cup till they win it. I get that. Uh, but I, I think when I spot out Semper Fi, I'm a wuss. Are we allowed to say that, civilians? Yeah, yeah, or no? yeah, absolutely. Semper. It's a it's a it's a common term for that all Marines use. You know, you you uh. Oh. You leatherneck. Lots. There's lots of stuff that guys say. It's. It, I mean, it's cheesy, but it's fine. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you a real quick story about my favorite Marine. Is one uh, you were talking about. Some guys come back. Um, obviously, the hell of PTSD, and some guys come back and they seem reasonably. Uh, I don't want to say. I just want to say that they're unbothered. That something was more clearly delineated in their head that they were by killing. Uh, monsters they were helping the world and they didn't get into the the natural gray zone of another human being there were some guys who i was talking to a guy one night and he talked about he was telling me and he didn't start the story that's one thing i want to say the guy somebody else started the story i think it might have been dakota fanning as a matter of fact started the story and uh, the guy looked at me he's i didn't do much he's i kicked the door into the apartment there was the bad guy and i said well tell me i'm fascinated by this stuff he's um well, the bad guy was there, and I shot him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I fell on the floor. I said, brother, you can watch the 300. You can read about Achilles. You can do all that shit. In that moment, that is the strongest statement of uh, good, it's triumphing over evil. I shot, I him, shot him a lot. lot. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I still think of that and get goosebumps. <laughs> all right, they're called to a higher thing, and they answer it. Thank you, brother, for your service, and good luck with the... Uh, uh, wealth, power, and influence with Jason Staples. Absolutely. Congratulations on your show, too. I'll talk what, soon. Uh, do I have a show? Somebody yeah, tell me. This, oh, this, the pod. This, this, one. this is the one. Yeah. This yeah. is well, doing very well, I And I, I also is... just got a Laserdisc deal. And uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm re-threading eight tracks. All right, we'll talk at you. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Good guy. Yeah. You mean him, not you, right? Because, I yes, he's a good guy. I think he was talking about me. Oh. Yeah. All right, fair. Uh, Christian, do you watch people's asses as they move out of the podcast room i don't it makes me uh it makes me uncomfortable to think about the <laughs> fact get that in touch with yeah I, I that yeah I, the fact that people have you know that happens biologically i'm not interested i uh, wrote some jokes down here oh um, please god my look back on these things um you know that that biblical thing where the end is nigh yeah sure talk about signs of the end of course to me, a black motorcyclist singing White Snake <laughs> on a commercial for Geico is the. Is that how fucking. 
Is that how, in, what is it called, diverse we've gotten? Yeah. That, hey, man. Shouldn't black guys step in at this point and go, hey, I don't know what the fuck sort of Benetton checklist you're into over there, Mousy Tongue, but uh, <laughs> I don't want me singing White Snake. Don't feel that that's diversity and inclusion, and I like that. We hate White Snake. It's me on a motorcycle listening to what's going on, okay? Now, don't you realize, though, at this point, White Snake is considered classic rock? Yeah, but I'm just saying I, I, that really made me laugh. That, uh, that you know, <laughs> you see that the, everything's diversity now. I get it. Times we live in, but is that not a bridge too far? When they really, to me, like I said, if I was black, I'd say, listen, I, I don't know what you're doing here, but that's not our thing, singing White Snake. <laughs> now I know they're going to find somebody who black guy who goes, well, I love whites. I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying, by and large, if somebody out there is telling you that uh, you know you you. Uh, I don't know. Say you go to a football game on Saturday in the fall and you go to see Bethune Cookman play an all black college or something. The band is not coming out and playing. Here I go again on my own at halftime. Well, that's why I'm not going. Um, let's see. What is this? one? We live in odd times. Uh, Sisyphus is only working 29 hours a week, so he doesn't <laughs> vest in the dental. <laughs> I like that. Not bad. <laughs> Have you seen this commercial for Southern New Hampshire University edu? Some online thing. I like think, I, yeah, there's so thing. many of those, but I think I have seen that well, one. Yeah, clock this one the next time, and and think about this quote, folks. Think about this being a quote that is just flying by on the air now. The, the ad copy: In the world we live in, talent is equal, but opportunity is not always so. Is that just not an odd assertion that talent is equal? Have you ever found that at any time in history? Like during no. the during the Renaissance was, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know, what would be a, a I mean, what, would, what would be a bad job during Da Vinci's time? A uh, kid comes in to uh, deliver, I, it's so far back you can't even imagine what, what you know, here's some oh. ox blood to use in your red paint yeah, or we something. Got, we, got a, we got a fresh shipment of parchment, sir. Yeah, and Da Vinci's got things up where he's predicting flight, you yeah. know, and he's got that thing with the nude guy, and he's trying to figure out what to do with the dong because it puts a drag on the plane. <laughs> but you know that famous drawing. Yeah. Are they the same guy? The guy delivering the parchment that the dong aircraft is... <laughs> and I think that's North Korea's yeah, official the, airline. Yeah, that dong. is, yeah, the dong air. Uh, I we, fly dong. We love to fly, and oh, it shows. <laughs> But uh, the parchment guy, is he the same as Da Vinci? No, absolutely not. Well, then how? What time in history has talent been equal, but not opportunity? Not, not when I tried to I get in Studio 54. And does that sentiment help the world? No. Does, is, it, is it good to just... Listen, when I watch certain guys, you just realize, fuck, you're not that good. You know, I'm not going to say it and give it up to them. All right, all right. I won't send you my reel again. You don't have to keep rubbing it in. <laughs> I just thought it was a good one. Christian sends me his reel once a month. I accumulate them <laughs> and tape the Olympics over them. <laughs> I don't have to spring for VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what millennials are thinking with this uh, stuff like the Southern New Hampshire EDU thing and, uh, um, you know, the do they not see that this sort of manic political correctness is leading to a cataclysm in an odd way? Do they are, are they actually are they awoke at the switch as far as this goes? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I think that this is what uh, this is what everybody wants. You know, the fact that everybody's rich. You know, not everybody, but you know, there's there's a segment that's like, yeah, well, we're we're all rich, even if you don't have that much money. I've know? never heard a guy come to a tag more reluctantly than you just did. And I'm sorry, I should make no. these little. No, they no. have to be headier on the front end, for Christ's sake. What did I, I say to you? I said sometimes my stomach murmurs, and sometimes they really growls, yeah. Christian. And then you have to pick it up and run with a piece of shit. So I'm oh, sorry I, about that. I've already talked about growlers uh, this very episode, so it's fine. <laughs> Do you think when a hundred years hence, when we look back and we go, what progress was broken out during that time that they would say men uh, were allowed to jump in as women at Olympic time and wrestle women to get gold medals? Yeah, I think that that will be th those will be considered the uh, the heroes of uh, whatever oh, this decade is. The, the will history teams. not blush? I don't see the readjustment, but I, I don't know how it gets back to sanity. But will history blush when it realizes that the and and the women who just say, "Listen, I don't want to. I I'm, I'm a woman. I, I worked my whole life to get this wrestling gold medal, and this guy jumped in a mm -hmm. few months ago." And, uh, uh, no, her just, her life will be destroyed for destroyed. saying that. Yeah, and 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 like you've <sighs> said, I I don't know that there is a course correction. I think that future generations will see that the real heroes emerged right now. And uh, that's why life, you know, in 2120 will be the way it is. It's happened, folks. I hate to be a buzzkill, but I, I'm on with Ben uh, Shapiro later today. And he wants to talk about something I had to read about. Because as I said, I've been in Hawaii for a week. I didn't know anything about it. It was just one word. It turns out to be a word of a kid's name who was at Parkland School and was a gun control. Yeah, uh, had, uh, not a gun control gun rights advocate. I had to look that up too, yeah. And he now is a, uh, he was accepted by Harvard three months ago, and they found some old tweets of his that have the N-word in them, and they've rescinded the offer to be in Harvard. And I was just thinking, this, this is just the way it is now. You know, and Ben's all apoplectic about it, and I, I, don't, I don't know what being apoplectic, it happened. We let it happen. It's not coming back around. In the times we live, old tweets from a 16-year-old who's now 18 who used the N-word. I think people were thinking that shouldn't be enough to get you or your scholarship rescinded or accepted. It is. What, what is it? Is it not wasted time thinking about that shouldn't be or that should be? And there's going to be equal parts. It is now. And it's not changing. And a lot of these things aren't changing. And indeed, we'll know if there's any future hope of it changing pretty soon, uh, 2020. If, if Trump loses, you'll know that the ship sailed. And at that point, you have to wonder about how many days you want to wake up and fight a non-winnable fight. And some people will, and God bless them. Maybe it's about age and, you know, younger. Or, I don't know what the components are, but I'm telling you, I'm lacking them at this point. And I apologize. I think I had them when I was younger. And I, when I apologize, I'm being a bit of a smart shit there. I, I'm 65. How many days do I want to sit down across from... I don't know, the, the, the Samantha Bees of the world and uh, and argue, um, you know, about shit that's not going to change. Uh, the, the Trump thing is the anomalous thing. I think people threw up a marker flare there and said, oh, are we really going down? We are. It's, it's odd. I don't know where it'll spiral down to. Maybe Orwell 
had it. Maybe he didn't. I, I may, is there a way that it just exists where you can really be fucked up and lose your job and all that, but they don't strap the rat cage onto your face? I think it's fair to say I don't think that's anywhere near happening. But I, I do think that, well, whatever everybody's afraid of happening down the road, it's happened to a large degree, and there's only one check on it. And at this point, the check is, uh, you know, Trump in, in, in an odd way, just the sturm and drang of it every day starting to wear on me a little. And there are day, But I, I'm just saying, I think if he chilled for a month here, it'd be a good move. I always think of people and just think, well, what would the smart move be? And uh, I think a smart move for him right now would be one month not tweeting. Can you imagine how that would blow people's minds? And then a month from now, start lighting people up again. And But your first tweet back would say, uh, Lent. I, <laughs> I gave it up for, you know, when is Lent? Did that happen already? Yeah, it's uh, before Easter. So back in uh, March, April, yeah. Well, something about giving it up for a month would be resonate so loudly now and uh then start fighting again i like that he fights but something now even i have a headache about the some of the the things that uh i don't know there's just a way for him to take a month off and sort of let the air out of some of their arguments you know and And it would be such a him thing to say is that i'm too busy working to tweet yeah i'll see you in around a month yeah uh, let me get this kid's head right in North Korea. I'll see you in a month. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just think it would be a good move. But you'll know in 2020. But my guess, and it is a guess, that's one thing I'm always willing to say is I'm guessing like all of you. It's just I think most people are certain of the guesswork. I'm not. But my guess is it happened. And how did it happen most, if I had to say? I'd say... Um, I'd say the last 30 years or so, having guys who were shitting off logs at Max Yasker's farm at Woodstock, <laughs> getting into the workforce and looking for jobs where they could have a sway, and many of them going into the teaching profession, taking a 10,000-day period and teaching kids that history wasn't as important, America was as bad as some people in the history of the world. Um you know, teachers, you know, how many, you don't hear that as much anymore because I think some people are pissed at teachers, but why don't we, why does uh, Dave the Cobra Parker make a million dollars and my local teacher does, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. Teachers uh, padding that. I remember my kid coming home from geography class when he was like seventh grade asking me why George Bush was such an evil man. You know, and I just remember, you do that for 30 years, this is what you got now. You get kids who march into a library and start screaming at the top of their lungs. Uh, and other kids say, I'm just trying to study. I, I need a night off from this. Can I, I just want to find out what Archimedes did. And they go, no. That's what happened. And it, do you see it going back? I don't. Archimedes was a slave owner. <laughs> I don't quite I know what that voice was. Sounds like Bernie Sanders now that I give it a thought. But that's right. No, no, okay that was like the... Uh, it's like the old guy with the Iron Bird in Clash of the Titans. Didn't <laughs> listen to some old guy with a shit hairdo who yeah. always had an Iron Bird. Yeah, they owl. always uh, they try to modernize it. You know, they always have like Gil Gerard would always have Tweaky and all these gods would be walking as if you were a god and you were in heaven and you had to buy a fucking small drone owl. <laughs> you know, substanti- substantiate you're God, but I need backing here. 
Well, what is the drone owl from Radio Shack? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, where are we at? I've got a one thirty with the with uh, young Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. You want to feed me some topics? People are always I, pissed at me that I bail out well, early. I, I, I talk can for a while, or do you got to go somewhere? Well, I'll, I'll have to go somewhere in about ten minutes or so. But all right, uh, well, we let's have used the ten. We're, then. we're doing some bonus. Who else time is here? letting their sidekick dictate the end of the show? Hey, outside of me. <laughs> Nobody. I'm, I'm pretty sure your Ed would tell Johnny uh, that it's time for me to go. It's uh, you know, it's like Robin saying, "Hey, you drive, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> or he did drive. Who drove? What, Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. I think Alfred should probably have done the driving. But I'm trying uh, to think, that no, was ba- Batman. Batman drove, always right? drove. Yeah. I, I did he ever let Robin drive? I don't think so. I don't think he was old enough. Wow. Oh, he was hanging out with a minor. He adopted him. Yeah. His family died in a horrific accident. Oh. Bruce Wayne is a hero. Okay. In that two shot of them sitting, at, was anybody freeballing in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, West, absolutely. Adam West, uh, I think, uh, never met a pair of underwear that he liked. What so. about, and just before we get to Christian feeding me some stuff, and people will laugh at this and say, oh, you're thinking that. I'm telling you, I've had two occurrences in my life that were high points for me. One was introducing Russell Crowe briefly at a wedding to Kirk and being able to say, Maximus, Spartacus, Spartacus, Maximus. <laughs> And the other was in a restaurant in Sun Valley, talking to Van Williams. Uh, he was at a table. I was leaving. And I was talking to the Hornet. And behind me, I hear, no, oh, Mr. Miller. Turn around, it's Adam West. Now, can you imagine for a kid of my generation? I, I was almost in tears. Even, even my generation. I couldn't imagine it. I was standing with the Hornet. And uh. I put my arms around them. I have a picture somewhere of Hornet and Batman and I. Honestly, I'm getting choked up now. Because I think Adam West has passed, hasn't he? He has, yeah, in the last year or so. And Van, I'm not sure of. Has Van passed? He was. He, I don't know. I remember. You know, Van was a fireman who jumped out of a uh, helicopter into a wildcat sort of flame situation, fell 30 feet and broke his back. He was in a lot of pain when I knew Van. And uh, sweet cat. And uh, He passed away in 2016, Van yeah. Williams. Well, rest their souls, but for a whole generation of kids like me, I'm telling you, uh, I must have been... That was when I was in my late 50s or early 60s, and to be standing between them, I immediately became a kid again, and I was almost in tears that I was standing with two of my heroes. And then I got a fucking ridge kick from Cato right across my right eardrum, shattered it. Uh, Bruce Lee was in the restaurant, too. And uh, (laughs) then uh, Burt Ward came in. Did you ever hear when they were going to do the hybrid show that Burt Ward, uh, Lee put it out that he was going to destroy Robin? And yeah, Burt well, Ward was apprehensive the whole week beforehand. Right. Well, Robin couldn't win the fight, even though it was the Batman and Robin show. Bruce Lee's like, I'm not, I'm not getting kicked by. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? I'm not getting my ass kicked by like a 15-year-old in elf slippers. <laughs> Those aren't, that's not a quote from him, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it's, he said it somewhere in his no, heart. It's, it's, uh, it's like, uh, listen, I'm a fucking red belt. I'm not going to have Peter Brady. <laughs> uh, or whoever the fuck that kid is yeah, my Peter. ass forget I it Peter. I can't yeah. do that and uh, what was that joke I used to do where you, when you were in college there was always the one kid getting stoned and people were just blathering and then he'd look at you and there's always one kid who got too mystical and you know he'd uh, say Jimmy how's that pot and he'd go, oh. you know Lee could go in through your stomach wall <laughs> come out go up <laughs> Pick your heart out of your chest cavity, pull it out, and show it to you before you die. <laughs> so it's good pot. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Oh, That's how you know. Roundabout way. 
Um, all right, what else? Uh, well, let me more? give you, uh, we're going to start off with a, uh, a festive voicemail. This is number 14, Gary from Texas. I just wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day. And I can't tell you how how my heart left with joy when I found out that I could find you back on a podcast. I was a longtime DMZ uh, member and listener, and uh, just glad to be able to hear you again. One thing you and I have in common is I can't tell you how many times a week I tell myself, Jesus, Gary, shut the fuck up. Thanks a lot, brother. <laughs> That's a key thing that a lot of the culture is missing. <laughs> I, I, I early on, I have an early warning system when I should just shut the fuck up. Um, by the way, Christian, is there any way to convert any of our old radio listeners over? I'm always amazed that I always think the podcasts are easy to find, but I guess they're not, right? They're not. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, we're we're increasing the awareness, as it were. I think that, uh, you know, you run into problems with things like Facebook and Twitter should be a great way to find people. But then you see these messages all the time. It's like. Yeah, you're being shadow banned. I haven't seen any of your messages. And it's like mm -hmm. kind of like a, you know, a, a little backhanded thing that a lot of people run into that the ways to promote yourself for free are not necessarily that effective. But uh, I, I, you know, we get what does shadow ban mean. You mean I write something or you so, put up a sh new show? And I'll be honest with you, folks. I write all the jokes on there. But when there's a new show and it's like, hey, we've got a new podcast up, I've given Christian power of attorney yes. to put those up. Um, obviously, um, he has his own site for his own creative. So, but when you put that up, it, it's not sent to people. So, yeah, I think that, and the reason it's called shadow banning is that you haven't been blocked. You haven't had your account, you know, suspended in any way. It's just whatever the algorithm is, uh, they make sure that maybe it doesn't show up as readily for the people who follow you. Like yeah, they would have to scroll much to further down. Day, huh? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like if people are on right now and you tweet or Facebook post right now, I would think that they should see it right now, but it doesn't work that way. How weird. I can't believe that the you know visionaries are that preoccupied with minutia. Wouldn't that be a reason that you got into it to escape some of the earthbound vexations? <laughs> For me to be a, a, a true visionary and to think uh, you know that you, you had to keep tabs on all that sort of bullshit just to... Uh, Mind-boggling to me. And really, this entire show has been trappings that would lead me to the ability to say the word vexations in public. I'm that's, so glad we got that's that. all I wanted. Um, you tell me when you got to go here. Sure. Christian. No, we've when got are you to... doing another podcast? Uh, I, I do host a number of shows for an online network Same called After Buzz TV. You no, still... I'm hosting. Yeah. You're still doing movie talk with Flea from the Peppers. Oh, my God. If we could get Flea, uh, I'd wear the sock. You know, movie talk with Flea <laughs> from the Peppers. What'd you think of uh, Casablanca? Californication. <laughs> no, no, Flea. We're talking about Casablanca. Yee, people, Flea. <laughs> That's a Flea impression. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I I love the flea impression. Of course, it's I've technically never even heard it's him. technically an impression of Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of the Chili Peppers. So I it's met not even Tony Kiedis once. He was sweet, but he—I'm not kidding you—he's five two. What? Really? Uh, unless I—I I met an Anthony Kiedis sea monkey that they hadn't added water to yet. <laughs> now that sounds likely. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a look at the news, shall we? Uh, I don't know. Have you seen any of uh, any of the clips of this uh, this interview that uh, President Trump seemed to have had 
uh, George Stephanopoulos follow him around for? What no, no, I've like seen a commercial yeah. where he's in the back. Yes, and if if uh, and, and I've obviously read that he uh, said something that's gotten him in trouble. If he wants to play that game where he's having cats who were the campaign manager for Bill Clinton, let's face facts. Stephanopoulos is his arch enemy. And he's going to say, no, no, I'm if, if Trump wants to play that game of chicken, fine. He's going to get gored once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that he says some of this shit just to wind people up. But he said he'd listen to dirt from a, I think he, I, I think he, what he takes on there when he comes in with uh, Stephanopoulos, that's obviously Trump saying mine's bigger than yours. He brings him in, you know, uh, he, well, he, he's in that I business. Mean, he brings Stephanopoulos in, he's sitting there in a whole lot of rancor for him, trying to act like he's not rancorous. And then he plays this game where, you know, uh, Stephanopoulos backs him into the uh-oh squad corner, where you wouldn't, you're not saying, and he thinks, I'm not going to give turf to this fucker. And he says it. And then uh, they dine out on it, and then Trump acts, you know, Trump will go back in and say, well, what do you call him, a little drip or something? I can't. The mistake is up front, if you want to play that game, you're, you're going to get fucked. They hate you. If you want to play that game, fine. There is a point of diminishing returns on it. But I, I know Trump likes to work close to the horns. I think he likes to get a, you know, it's like, a, you know, he's man of late day, man. He wants to see the glisten of sweat on the bull's forehead. And so he gets up close and he thinks he can play chicken. But occasionally, you know, it moves counterintuitively and you catch a slash across your abdomen. That's what happened here. So uh, whatever Trump wants to do is fine. He'll be reelected or not. Trying to get pragmatic about him. Uh, overall, I think he's doing a good job. I think that he diverts too much uh, uh, dilithium crystals away from the shield sometimes, though, to play stupid games. And this is a stupid game to me. Uh, so in relation to that uh, interview, uh, Chris Wallace was talking to Mike Pompeo on Sunday, on uh, Fox News Sunday, and he just point blank asked him, is accepting opposition research from a foreign government right or wrong? And I, I'll ask you the same question, not even in relation to Trump, you know, word Obama or anyone else. Do you think it, it's a, as big a deal as, uh, you know, a certain sector of the media is making it out to be? Um, I don't think about it that often, but no, I, I guess it isn't because they've never gone after Hillary about it. And I think this, to the extent that I understand it, I know there's two realities now. They're going to say that she didn't. But I, I, I think that the Clintons did accept, uh, or not the Clintons, this uh, dossier about, you know, you like to get it right. Imagine that the caveat you have to put on was, it wasn't about uh, Trump being pissed on, it was about hiring two hookers to come over to his hotel room right. in Moscow or St. Peter's, I don't know where. Somewhere in Russia, yeah. And, uh, no, no, I'm in Florida. <laughs> no, um, so did I. Is there a Moscow, Florida? That's the interesting. No, thing. I think there's, I there's a St. Peter's. There's a Moscow, Pennsylvania, though. They had to really fuck people's heads up and build. If I was some city in Florida, just for the branding, as our previous guest said, Mr. Stapleton, I would call myself <laughs> Moscow, Florida. Then you could say Moscow and St. Petersburg, and people would have to say Florida. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 Russia, former Soviet Union. But they left uh, in both of them. That that to commemorate his. Or I don't know, because he didn't like Obama. Well, he he knew had, Obama had slept in that yeah, bed and he a, wanted them to pee on it? Right. The, this is what the claim is about this dossier. So he had whatever the presidential suite is in that hotel. And so uh, he paid. I guess I don't think it is as important because I think that Paul Podesta and her inner henchlings did exactly the same thing as they accused Trump of. 
and therefore I'm going to, uh, you know, cross them both out, uh, at least algebraically speaking. So, no, I, I don't know if it's, can I say that it always existed, Cold War? I wouldn't say. But uh, in the last 20, 30 years, is it one of the... Uh, uh, is it one of the preeminent yields of glasnost that we trade dirty laundry with each other? <laughs> yes, I'd say we're friends to the point now where we probably feed disinformation and dirty laundry to each other. But I so when people say, oh, it's the worst thing that ever happened, I can't believe Trump said that. I think Hillary did it. So I'm going to cross <laughs> them both out because I can't go around every day saying everybody's evil. Uh, I, I think it's a dirty business. Yeah. I think once you get into politics, it's a complete, mindless, grimy goat fuck. <laughs> so I don't expect much else. Well, you have to figure a guy like John Kerry would have received the research and just thought, well, I don't speak Russian, so he just threw it away. Yeah, well, I find it odd, uh, and I, uh, there's some act that they say it's a violation. I don't think John Kerry should be over-talking to Iranian people at bistros for lunch, now that he's out of it. No. I don't. The Hatch Act, is that what they call uh, it? Yes. I, I hear that... Uh, um, so I don't know. Are there gray areas in all this? Yeah. Do I think it's rife across both political spectrums? Yeah, of course I do. Do I think, uh, who do I think got more info from the Russians and more disinformation? And you know, when you see, when they talk about the things that they were using our social sites, can you think of anything sadder than spending 42 grand on Facebook <laughs> posts to ruin the election? For Christ's sake, there are guys out there who have, you know, have an, invented a new uh, shark tank item that are spending 42 grand on Facebook to publicize it. So I don't think that that's the end of the world as we know it. But if I had to guess who leaned more heavily on dirt from Russia in the 2016 election, comes down to two groups of people in this country. There are people going to tell you, no, no, it was definitely Donald Trump. And I'm going to say I think it was Hillary Clinton's campaign. So I don't need to change their mind. Uh, the odd thing to me, the only difference in this reciprocal equation is they seem to feel the need every moment of every day through either intimidation or pleading or, uh, you know, casting aspersions to change people like my mind on it. They can think what they want. I could care less. I'm talking about my mind. If I had to ask who was dirty in 2016, I'd say Hillary. Uh, one of the things uh, President Trump said recently, I believe this was also to Stephanopoulos, was that uh, there there was no internal polling that showed him trailing some of these uh, Democratic uh, candidates, but uh, they have since uh, fired uh, their internal pollsters because apparently they did indeed uh, leak these results. Um, but I, I don't well, know. you know who the, his inner pollsters were. I don't. The White House travel team from Clinton's first administration. <laughs> Listen, I don't give a shit about any of this. I, I, if you know, people always say, "Oh, we're silly to take polls seriously till they get a good poll," and then they cling to the poll like it's uh, you know, Kate Winslet's headboard in the frozen north. <laughs> I don't. I, I I don't even know when this election is right now. I know it's November of twenty twenty, right? Correct. All right, and where are we at now? We're this in is twenty nineteen. This is the June, middle of so June. So I'm going to say five months, and then. 12 about, more. About 17 months. I, do you think with a combustible, fissionable material like Trump that any of this matters till around two weeks out? I, I don't. So this polls where they say Pete Buttigieg is going to beat Trump 17 months hence? I, once again, if you ask me who's dirty in 2016, I'll say Hillary. Once again, do I, do I put anything on? And I mean seriously not put anything on this polling. I put nothing on this polling. 
people are either pushing chips in on the polling if it serves them, if they're a Buttigieg fan, or they're saying it means nothing if they're a Trump fan. I'm saying if it was Trump ahead by 19 points, I'd say it means nothing. It means nothing right now. And we all play this jerk-off game where we hover around it and obsess about it. And I'm telling you, the next 16 and a half months have better ways of serving you than focusing on this bullshit. It's bullshit. We'll know in 2020, and I guess what? I think 99% of the vote is figured out right now. I'd say there's a tiny iota. And you've got to think about how many of the next 500 days you want to spend fretting about it. And what if you die on the 501st? And you think, Christ, I can't believe I careened into the abyss fretting about the New Hampshire polling 17. It's all bullshit. Wake up. All right, Chris, I'm done. Well, you know what? I'm done, too, then. (laughs) (laughs) Me, too. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.